Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. Hello. Hey. How's it going? Oh, it's it's good. It's good. It was like kind of a hot girl summer weekend. There was like lots of festivals out and about. Toronto's kind of blowing up the scene. Yeah. Outdoor Italian food festivals and a whole bunch oh, of really cool nice. stuff. Yeah. Sounds yeah. great. It's so nice when the weather's good and you can just get outside. You can eat outside. There's like you say, there's more music events happening. Oh. It just feels like a much nicer atmosphere, doesn't it? Oh. And when it's bitterly cold and everybody's hiding indoors because they just can't face the weather. Yeah. Everything is like, it. like every park looks like a picnic central. Like it's just so yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, there's uh, something that caught my eye this weekend that just made me realize like, come on, Toronto, <laughs> are you focusing on the right uh, issues? So uh, our local liquor store board here has um, started to create some publicity around other alternatives to Dom Perignon Champagne, because apparently the big problem that people are facing is a <laughs> Dom Perignon Champagne shortage. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I have to say I've been facing that myself. <laughs> are you just noticing that the Dom Perignon is just not on the shelves for you I mean, like that $300 bottle it used to be it really like I just you know when I get my case of six like I'm just like what there's only three on the t- on the shelf <laughs> and I was like what the f like these are these are pro- like yeah like they are yeah privileged problems aren't the first world problems <laughs> what's so much at the minute around people who can't afford to pay mortgages can't afford to pay rents can't the price of uh food that's just you know oh, gone know. through the roof people can't afford to fill that petrol and get to work it's all madness it is so yeah madness. that does seem who's ludicrous. worried about their champagne i just don't get it yeah okay. Yeah. It, well, it's so funny because like actually during the pandemic, I'm actually toying around with this app called Too Good To Go. Um, and it is a way for restaurants to advertise their food that has been, you know, good food, but that's just, uh, it's yeah, if yeah. we don't get rid of it tonight, it's going to go, yeah. go bad and it's going to go in the yeah. trash. Yeah. And so you can actually create this, like, you can actually purchase these surprise bags from like our yes. local. And I'm doing that. And I'm like, this is Brilliant. totally beating inflation. It's beating, yeah, shortages. Yeah. yeah loving it. Yeah. Yeah, totally no, I've heard it. about that. I can't imagine we've got that in Jersey, but um, yeah, in the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure we've got in England where there's a lot of, um, not just restaurants, but things like um, like bakeries and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. So you go and get kind of little, yeah. It's yeah, actually up to my veggie kits. and fruit game because, you know, That's from the good. local fruit yeah. markets, I've gotten boxes of stuff for like $5. Yeah. Now, granted, there's a lot of stuff that's like half rotten, but, you know, you cut the old bits off, yeah. you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of not wasting food. You've got it. Big fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I've come through, a, I've, I've lived through recessions before and my whole yeah. childhood was kind of like a recession. So I'm like, oh, I've my got God, this. Yes. <laughs> you know? I speak my kind of language. <laughs> right? Totally. <laughs> like I was born for this. Yeah. You know, thrift stores and like about to like, you know, past expiry food. I'm like, dude, that was, that was literally my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. good. That's yep, awesome. I hear you. <laughs> life hacks life hacks for when our economy takes a downturn yeah 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, okay. So we're not worried about sparkling wine or, or that sort of thing. Um, now what is going on now? Hold on a second. Hold on. Big news, big news. You saw a, like a legend last week, a legend. I did see a legend. Mm-hmm. I saw Elton John <gasps> live in concert and he was singing <sighs> just fine. Just and fine. his piano playing was on point. Oh. Um, and it was just such a great atmosphere. And he had this amazing drummer as well. I think I'm a little bit obsessed with drummers, I've realised. Um, but he properly like had his moment in the limelight. Uh, but he was brilliant. Um, so yeah, no, it was just really, really good. Proper bonkers place. Like nobody was in the right seats. Oh. I've never known as many people shuffling around because they were in the wrong seats. It was <laughs> really? hilarious. Yes. Was it a big stadium or like a theatre? Um, a stadium, football stadium. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Anfield where Liverpool play. <gasps> Wow. Yeah. Wow. Which my other half was delighted at because he's a big Liverpool supporter. Oh, lovely. So, so two for yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gracious. Yeah. Wow. So, like 40,000 capacity seating kind of thing. Like I would huge. imagine so, yeah. I didn't oh count them all. Oh, I, really? <laughs> <laughs> didn't really oh, have time for that, listening to the music. Oh, my gosh. That's so wonderful. <laughs> and I'm singing so my heart out, obviously. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's so amazing, right? Like the energy that you have at the age of 70 when you're allowed to love whoever you want. That's mm, awesome. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. No, he was. He was very, very good. Beautiful. And it's good to top up the soul and have some time away and just enjoy life. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, beautiful yeah it is pride month so you know in that spirit of like love is love is love that's well i was just here living it live look let people just get on with their life i don't see any reason why you wouldn't very true Mm. absolutely so speaking of living with life would you like some relationship news that might help you to do that oh please yes yes okay So I've got a little article that I came across on Instagram, which is all about eight tips to maintain adult friendships. Oh, yes. Very nice. Oh, my gracious. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we forget to open about nurturing some of those other relationships in our life, um, Mm -hmm. as well as the one that we are closest to with our intimate partners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So tip number one is make time for each other. So you have to specify some time, make sure that you get it in the diary and Mm -hmm. stick to it. So um, I think this is one of the hardest things when you've got kind of kids and work and pets and hobbies. There are all kinds of things, aren't there, that just seem to be on the to-do list um, that you've got to do to just kind of be an adult nowadays. (laughs) And, um, and because of that, there are often, you know, we can go for kind of months and we think, oh my God, I haven't seen like such and such. And that's like Mm. such a bad time. And you get out of the habit. I think you get out of the sink of knowing kind of what each other's commitments are and therefore where there's space to try and shoehorn some stuff in. So Mm. Mm -hmm. it's a very important one, that one, I think. Oh, awesome. That's actually something because I'm I'm meeting some folks on Bumble BFF, which is the oh. using the dating app to find girlfriends. And it's actually a great tip I picked up from a client, and it's totally yeah. working. I had I went on a wonderful Bumble BFF um, lunch date on Saturday. It was just wonderful. Oh, very nice. But what I realized is that that could quickly go nowhere if I don't nurture it. I'm super bad yeah. at nur- nurturing stuff. So what I've done is I've put them on my schedule three weeks out to be like check in circle back about yeah. another lunch date because then weeks turn into months turn yeah, into like do, a couple yeah. of years like it's amazing yeah. and good people yeah, yeah. can kind of just you know slip out of your life yeah 
Yeah, oh. no, it is really important. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pleased to say that you've done tip number two, which is oh. take the initiative. <laughs> oh my gosh, how did I know? This is wonderful. Oh, yes, take the initiative. Very spooky. Oh, Have you read this article? No, it's um, a, we're starting to say, think in sync. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's slightly worrying, isn't it? It is a bit. Um, so yeah, so if you haven't heard from a friend for a while, then take the initiative, you know, make sure that you take the initiative and get in, in contact with them. Don't just wait for the other person to get in touch with you. Mm, nice. Number three, let go of expectations. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. This is, <laughs> this is a tricky one. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so it says um, often friends are very different to how we were when we were younger. And um, so things do change. So we need to be um, mindful of that and remember that, you know, the relationship that we've got today might not be the same relationship that we had when we were kind of 18 and uh, footloose and fancy free. So let go of the expectations of, um, you know, that your your relationship is going to change. Let go of the fact that it's, you know, it's never going to be the same. Yes. And boundaries. Yes. All, you know, minimum boundaries are important. But then also, like, if you're expecting somebody to fulfill something and you realize that they can't or they won't, then you can ask yourself, well, can I get that from something else? Can I? But yet, are they still, you know, working within boundaries? Are, uh, you know, are my boundaries being respected? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. No, I'd agree with that. Um, Show that you are present. Yeah. So we hear this a lot anyway when we talk about intimate partners, don't we? So... Mm. If you're there and you're in somebody's company, have a conversation with them. You know, put away your mobile phone. Yes. Repeat back some of the things that you're hearing and um, and use some of those active listening skills, I guess. Yeah, totally. Don't be flaky. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I, I can't stand flakiness. Like, oh. I am a, like, ride or die. Like, if if uh, my head would have to be falling off for me <laughs> to cancel a lunch or an appointment or something yeah. with a friend, my head would have to be literally caved in and not yeah. be able to walk. Otherwise, I rarely, rarely cancel. So yeah. if I'm cancelling, it's because you know that I am properly ill. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. Very, then very important. I, and I guess this is where it comes back to some of those expectations. I would still have an expectation that somebody else would be the same as me. Yeah. 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 Because that's a value of yours, right? Like consideration. Yeah, totally. Respect yeah. for each other's time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, number six is communicate. So as with every relationship, <laughs> communication is the key. You can't run away from the C word, guys. It's everywhere. You cannot. Yep. I often think that it's easier to communicate with friends than it is with your other half sometimes. Not necessarily, honestly. I mean, I for me and also for people mm. that I coach, it can be it it can the same hesitancy can show up in your friendships. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. it comes down to having those relationships that you want in your life, isn't it? And the ones where you have got you do feel like it's that you are in a strong position to be able to communicate what you want and um, and what you like doing and what you don't like doing. Um, so it's the same sort of thing, isn't it, as intimate relationships. We want to pick the people around us that are going to allow us to be ourselves mm-hmm. and um, and share freely. Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Which takes me on to number seven, which is be a safe space. 
So it says, with more competing demands in adulthood, we want to spend time with people who bring oh, who bring something meaningful to our lives. Exactly what we just said. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. So be someone that your friend can comfortably share their thoughts and feelings with and then truly listen and ask questions. Aha, uh-huh. yes, yes, yes. I like yes, that yes, bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then finally, number eight, are oh, just singing my language here. Celebrate. Ah, joy and fun. Yes. So, yeah. So it says be each other's cheerleader and celebrate the wins together. Um, Small things like sending a message or flowers or a card just to say that you're um, that you're really kind of delighted and you think that something's gone really well for somebody. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So eight ways we can we can be a better friend. Oh my gosh, that is so tuned. That's ringing my bells because, like here in yeah. Toronto, uh, it's now time to keep continue on with the most mostly remote uh, mm. friendships that I have for a very long time, and then creating new friendships. Yes, and I tend to I don't tend to be flaky in terms of canceling, but I do tend to not take initiative and yeah. to sort of let things sl- slip and slide. And yeah, and so I'm really trying to sort of keep up with people and nurture those. Like tend yeah. to the garden. Yeah, and it can be difficult, can Because you kind of think like, oh, well, you get all the kind of self-doubt creeps in. If you haven't heard from somebody for, for a while, it's like, oh, well, maybe they're not interested in, maybe they didn't enjoy kind of the connection that we had or um, maybe they've got other things that are more important than me. You get all that kind of self-doubt that creeps in yeah. where we think we're not kind of valid. Um, and the other person's probably thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, and true. then so we're then just not connecting it's I, I went out for dinner with somebody that I hadn't seen for a good few years because of COVID and it was like we'd kind of never not I mean I, I used to work with him uh, had a great relationship got on really well with him went out for dinner had a great time and it was like I was kind of still there um, and things hadn't changed and he said to me like I was delighted when you sent me that text message I was asking him about some help to do with uh, something I was working on and he was saying, oh, I was delighted when I got that message. It was just like, you know, it was like it was yesterday oh. and we still work together. So it just goes to show you, we think yeah. that we are bothering people when we ask yeah. them uh, for something. But actually, people genuinely want to kind of help. They want to connect. They want to meet yeah. up. And um, we're based on that. I've just I've read so much recently about loneliness. It seems to be oh, everywhere. God. I don't yes. know. I think. Huge. Yeah. And so I read so much about it and the impact that it's having of people just feeling kind of isolated and mm-hmm. you know so it's it's on all of us to try and kind of break down some of that yeah you've got it yeah, yeah. completely oh thank you for that so yes so on point would you like hot topic though yes please that sounds great sensitivity to abandonment oh <laughs> yes anxious attachment style I guess you could kind of say in terms yeah, of insecure yeah, attachment yeah. style and I guess some of this creeps oh. in with friendships as well as oh, so all yeah. that stuff that we're just talking about there mm-hmm. about those kind of connections that we're making in our kind of mind that maybe aren't true comes up in friendships as well as in our intimate relationships oh completely yeah yeah so how would you describe this fear of abandonment? What is it? How does it show up? What does it feel like? It's generally often triggered by kind of, you know, unhealthy attachment uh, formation when you were younger or mm-hmm. a subsequent relationship has come across that is really kind of 
made you feel more exposed and less trusting Mm -hmm. of other people so it's a real kind of trust issue is is the sensitivity to abandonment because we don't trust the people who we've had connections with or Mm -hmm. we haven't had the ability to trust people because it's been eroded Mm -hmm. over time and we've not let go of that Mm. and then we meet somebody else and if they've got challenging attachment styles as well um then that's where you get this clash and it can become quite difficult in the relationship Mm. because you're both coming at it from completely different perspectives and you're not able to um do anything to regulate yourself and you're not able to necessarily regulate help regulate a partner Mm. so emotionally we're not connected Mm. um and we're just a series of little kind of pinball reactions that are happening in the relationship and that's when we start to get some quite dysfunctional behavior like withdrawing like um you know having explosions of anger um Mm. whether that be you know with words or um physical um so it starts to manifest itself in in different ways and it's because we're terrified Mm. but it doesn't come out as being terrified it comes out as kind of more stubborn behavior or you know more of a kind of f you i'm off type behavior because we're terrified of what the uh, repercussions might be and the irony of it all it's which is madness um i remember reading the the book the um theory of attachment styles i think Mm. it's called that anyway and i was explaining it to my partner and he said but that's mad though because then everything that you're doing is then actually stopping that that relationship from kind of going ahead so you end up with the same result and it's so true. So the thing that we're terrified of happening, i.e. being left uh-huh. and rejected, our behaviour then means the other person often will reject us because yeah. and abandon us because you've you've created this separation. You're not yeah. you're not aligned, you're not working together, you don't feel connected or supported in the relationship. So it becomes a real challenge. And it only really, really can get better unless you do some work on yourself, which obviously we're always going to recommend. Um, but if you form a relationship with somebody else who's got quite a secure attachment style, they are likely to um, do more for you as an as an individual to help you to have greater awareness about some of the things that are going on. Yeah. Although I would venture to say that oftentimes because this is a self-fulfilling prophecy and we tend to sabotage things is a lot of us wonder why can't I be attracted to the nice person why am I also always attracted to the bad people right the avoidant personality types absolutely absolutely so the thing is we're often not attracted to the person with a secure attachment style yeah I know exciting enough yeah 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 it's true we're drama queens (laughs) yeah Totally, totally. Yeah, fear of abandonment. It can be love bombing. It can be hysterical bonding. It can be like just all sorts of like push and pull. And I think about like watching a contemporary dance on stage and I think about two dancers and they're just undulating together like where they're both pushing and pulling, but they're both sort of repelling the other. So they never actually come into contact. They're always pushing and pulling against each other negativity dance oh my gosh yeah yeah so uh, which is you know there's there's a lot of kind of studies and research that have been done on the on the theory and and why it's why it's happening and how it plays out and the thing is we're not that 
the trickiest thing is we're not aware of it going on in the moment Mm -hmm. until you've had something that's kind of risen your awareness and you Mm -hmm. can start to spot the signs where and you can kind of almost then have that conversation in your own head which is actually I can see what I'm doing now Mm-hmm. and I can see that my behavior is contributing to my partner's behavior and that we're both in this push-pull um, situation and the only way to stop that is to start to come together and to listen to each other and then try and um, you know respond to your partner in a different way right 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 that's right the, that's the only way respond to your partner and also initiate in a different yeah. way as well yeah, that's true. Yeah. When, where has this come up either with yourself or somebody close to you or a client uh, where you have seen a different result? What has worked? What have you noticed that's worked in a situation like this? I think the key things that work are looking at the triggers. So looking at what is it that triggers me or what triggers my partner? How do I then intercept it? Because you end up in a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. and it goes on and on so if you actually chart out the cycle you know so you say right here okay, when my partner does this um this is then what I'm doing then my partner does this then we end up doing that that mm-hmm. and so you end up in this kind of circular um mode of destruction so if we can look at when we can break the cycle ahead of time mm-hmm. So it's it can be dif- difficult not to get into some of these situations because we're all we're all different human beings and we're going to be triggered mm-hmm. by different things that happen. But the difference is whether you react or whether you respond in that moment. Mm-hmm. So I think often it can be quite useful to just chart out some of those those vicious cycles and mm-hmm. work out how you can intercept that. So it might be something like um, when I feel myself getting anxious inside. So we can often feel it in the body oh. as well. Yes. Um, or we feel sick in the throat. Um, you can get things like it can manifest in a way that you c- you almost can feel your body shutting down and you can't speak. Yeah. Because yes. you're just not used to speaking up and saying saying how you're feeling and what yeah. you want. Um, so they're really good signs and signals that there's something going on that I'm not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it's then about saying, okay, how can I respond differently to how I would have normally have reacted? Right, 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 right. I'm thinking about a situation where, let's say my partner is like, I'm, you know, taking up a hobby, for example, mm. I'm really interested in this, and they're getting more and more like involved, right? Maybe it's a hobby that they leave um, our shared apartment, maybe it is something where they have, they join others. Mm. And it's something that's theirs. It's not an us thing. It's a him thing, for example. Yeah. Um, and let's say I become increasingly anxious Mm. And I start to feel that as a suffocation, a, a constriction in my throat, a feeling of um, panic. Yeah. And I start to, um, you know, maybe I start to say something like, oh, um, you know, that person that you see all the time, maybe you're having an affair. Yeah. But really what I'm doing is I'm anxious that he's developed, he's differentiating yeah. something that is his, that is his interest, for example. Um, but yet I'm so threatened by that, that I keep, you know, pushing him and saying, Oh, what are you doing? Let me check your phone. Let me check your messages. I'm just scared Mm -hmm. you're having an affair. And that like batshit crazy behavior on my part starts pushing him away such that in some instances, somebody might be like, well, if I'm being, I've, I've literally had somebody say like, I was, um, accused of having an affair for so long that I finally did. (laughs) 
Now <laughs> that's a bit extreme or, mm. or that, that our relationship just sort of separates and pulls away just because I'm increasingly, um, toxic and yeah. unbearable. And then I end up alone and I'm like, Oh, look, see, I was abandoned. Yeah. I was right. Yeah. But that doesn't, in the long run, that doesn't get you anywhere because gosh, no, still the things that you want in life aren't there. They're not present. Um, so it really is addressing that straight away um, and recognizing some of those things that are coming up. So, you know, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling like I don't trust my partner. You know, how, you know, asking some of those questions. How true is it really that he's having an affair? Yeah. How likely is that when he's right. gone for kind of an hour and he comes back and I can tell he's been to the gym or, you know, or he's excited to tell me what piece of music he's just learned, whether he's been jamming with his mates or whatever it is. So we've we've got to have trust in a relationship. And I think this is one of the key challenges with um, sensitivity to abandonment is we find it very, very difficult to trust anybody and let anybody in. Mm -hmm. And a relationship can't function without trust. Even though people do untrustworthy things. Yeah. Like people do often break trust. That's the hard thing about having trust when when your trust can be broken. Mm. And so, yeah, that's the hard thing. I mean, in an instance like this, I would say, look, this is an opportunity for me to look at my hobbies. Am yeah. I stretching my growth edges enough? Am I looking at things that I can be doing outside of our relationship mm. to grow yeah. myself? Yeah. If I'm overly obsessed about what he's doing, then it is probably a sign that I'm not looking at myself, my growth, my needs, my own adventures enough. Yeah. Yeah. And cultivating also, a differentiated personality outside of the yeah. relationship. But are there some other things as well that are going on? You know, like how's I'd look at some of your kind of, um, the, you know, the influences that are there around you as well. You know, am I eating properly? Am I sleeping properly? Am I... Mm -hmm engaging in behavior that I know is not kind of conducive to mm. having quite a healthy outlook on life um so because there, there's some of the things that can get in the way I was just reading a, something um the other day actually about sleep mm. and how sleep really affects how much we can trust other people and those around us because oh it really like gosh. knocks your kind of um it just knocks your whole kind of sensibility your you know the the way your that perspective. we yeah the way that yeah. we view things and assess um you know dangers or things that are are triggering that anxiousness within us I mean it puts you on a much more kind of hyper alert when you haven't had a decent night's sleep like we know that I need my sleep <laughs> yes. but turns out I'm not the only one um, yes. so there'll be things like that you know am I doing the things that are topping me up to a level that I feel kind of you know quite happy in my own disposition and then because of that, some of these other challenges may become a lot easier to deal with and to handle. Oh, gosh, that's so true. Because if you look at a situation, we could come at a situation with multiple different interpretations. Yeah. And I, yeah, without proper sleep and rest, yeah. we are probably more paranoid. We take the more negative hmm? interpretation. We don't give yeah. people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we might be, well, the other thing too, is that we can be like compassion fatigue because we might feel like the sleep deprivation might be because we are, gosh, up all night, like breastfeeding an infant, or we are really busy with housework. Maybe we're feeling like we're not, we're doing too much and we're doing yeah. the lion's share of something. So we already feel taken for granted. Mm -hmm. We're sleep deprived. And so we're going to think the worst of, of our partner. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's worth exploring kind of other things that may be going on. Mm -hmm. And that's the challenge, isn't it? 
with anything. When we're looking at a lot of the symptoms and the way that things manifest, actually the root cause could be multiple different scenarios. Yeah. yeah. So it can be quite hard, I think, to suss out what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, so true. Yeah. And especially when you're so close to it. So I was talking to somebody just this week. So we had kind of just like a really quick call. And then um, afterwards, they sent me a message and just said, it just seems so much clearer now. But I I wasn't attached to this person's situation at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. And so I can share some observations about this is what I see coming up. This is, you know, these are some of the things to maybe look at and consider. And um, so it's just a whole different shift of view on the very same situation. But when we're super close to it and we literally go into that space of, I have no idea what to do here. It mm. just feels so overwhelming. And often the response is to run away because we don't really know how to how to do it any other way. And it's the same in this sort of um, situation, isn't it? So, you know, sometimes you do need a different perspective mm. to help you to shift your own mindset on it and your own approach. Mm. So true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's hard to even realize because oftentimes we're like, it's their fault. It's their sketchy oh, behavior. Totally. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I often yeah. think if we removed blame from a relationship, how much different would everything be viewed as? Is that the kind of same thing as like no fault insurance where <laughs> um, if you go from there has to be a right and a wrong party in a car accident mm. to no blame, no fault. Yeah. It's like yeah. um, the way that insurance compensates mm. is that it, it then makes it so that there's no victim and like... Yeah. So uh, in the in the scenario, so it, put, it behooves everybody to be safer on the road. It's like... Yeah. If it's a no-fault situation, I have to see my own part in a car accident. Yeah, yeah. But they do the same thing with the air industry. So when they're recording, um, they they have to have like a no-blame culture to be able to get better in aviation. And that's how they've managed to reduce the number of air accidents that happen. Because it's never about saying... um, It's the same with like in hospitals as well. You must come across this as Mm. kind of you know, in, in your profession, if we can just say, actually, I've noticed that this isn't right and we're never, we're not looking for kind of who is that party to blame as a result of that, then people are more likely to share. Um, it's linked with psychological safety. So mm-hmm. I've done kind of a lot of work around psychological safety. And if we feel like we are safe to um, share something without any re- personal recrimination, we are more likely to share that observation or share um an idea or share a thought and this is how they managed to to improve safety because they said right anything at all that you spot in aviation that's a you know something that's not right it is logged and it's looked at and it's assessed and it's um then you know rectified Mm -hmm. um or you say it's not a risk so that's okay we can accept that but um but that way you'll get more people reporting things Oh, that is so interesting. Yes, mm. that hits on. And, and unfortunately, no, I would say that medicine is still very toxic. It is still blame oriented. Yeah. So I, you know, t- <laughs> I don't know what hospitals out there are doing it right, but. Um, no, yeah. And I guess I was putting that example as more of a poorer example because we, we see it as well in healthcare yeah. here. So, but I think a lot of that is driven by the fact that it's still quite hierarchical in a hospital. Yeah. And, um, you know, doctors are seen as God. 
And I don't necessarily prescribe to that. I think, Gosh, yes, no. they've, they've drained quite hard and yeah. they do know a lot of stuff. But yeah. I think the whole teamwork and um, yeah. ethos of, of how you can deliver the best patient care isn't there. But anyway, that's a whole different It's uh, a whole podcast. other thing, but you're so right. But, yeah. it, you know, it's all linked. It's this kind of, if I feel psychologically safe, if I feel safe in my relationship to say that there's something that I don't feel right about, then I'm going to be more willing to share that. Gosh, yes. And what's curious is that in, we are relationship coaches, but we yeah. also coach in career and corporate spaces yeah. because they're all relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the same sort of challenges are coming up because yeah. we've got the same the same root causes that are going on yeah. below the surface. Oh, fear of uh, sensitivity to abandonment in the workplace as well. Yeah. And that comes up a lot in terms of incompetent management. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. Mm. Hmm. We are all one person. You've got it. <laughs> we are all. Uh, shall we do a, um, a question now? Yeah, let's take let's a question. Let's do a question. My daughter has had this on-off boyfriend for over a year. I'm worried that she's going to mess up her uni studies and I'm sick of picking up the pieces. I can't believe that she keeps going back to him. What should I do? Aha, so common. I'd just like to say this is not about my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if she actually has her head on right and she isn't in this mm. on-off relationship in uni, that, then that makes her a pretty special person. Pretty <laughs> exceptional. She's not in this situation, so, as wow. far as I know anyway. <laughs> Yeah. I'm certainly not picking up the pieces if she is. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of stuff not being said in this mm. question. Let's fill in some of the some of the blanks. So what does yeah. on off mean and why mm. is it messing up her uni studies? What do you what do you paint this picture out for me? Well, I guess that would the, the worry I can see from the kind of I would imagine the worry is I mean, there's a lot of investment goes into uni, right? And you do, and depending on what what year you're in, then, you know, some years are harder than others to make it through. And you have to kind of, you know, they're a build on year on year. So you have to Mm. uh, progressively kind of pass the the stages, whether you agree with the way that education system works or not, that that they're the rules, Mm. right? That's what you're entering into. And this kind of on-off situation, it's emotional. It's like an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that that is the worry, is you've got these big kind of peaks and troughs. I mean, I remember being at college, breaking up with somebody oh. and being devastated oh. for like three days and not getting out of bed. Yes. And yes. So you, and you miss all of that time then. Only three um, days. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fast <laughs> recoverer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hardcore oh my god um <laughs> took me seven years to get over my first boyfriend oh yeah three days but not awesome. seven years of being in bed though right no correct the <laughs> <laughs> uh, intermittent uh yeah intermittently over seven years yeah yeah oh yeah yeah no i think i move on a bit quick i'm not good for you good for you <laughs> but you know, but there is that whole kind of it's it's emotionally draining. It it feels exhausting. They occupy your your time and space. So when things are good, then you're occupied from a kind of high point of view where mm-hmm. you know everything's still about the relationship and uh, when you get together and da da da, and you might then sacrifice some of your time with your studies or mm-hmm. with you know nurturing some of those other relationships at university that are important yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, 
And then you get the flip side when things are really bad, then, you know, there's a lot of kind of, there's a lot of emotion, there's yeah. crying, there's sadness. So, I, you know, I can imagine that the concern is where's the time for your studies? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. And this yo-yo back and forth, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. And that there's also, I think there's a thing about that, which is um, it would appear that this person, unless they're kind of, you know, addicted to the to the drama, aren't, they're not putting forward kind of what they want. They're not setting their boundaries and um, being clear on expectations. Uh, they're letting things kind of happen at the mercy. And so that can, that that's a challenge, I think. Yeah. And a lot of this is actually immaturity and yeah I was just about to say the same thing yeah and and you know to be honest like I'm kind of like like should we all be given like a time or two to just live in that immaturity and to to experience um sort of what a dramatic unstable relationship feels like yeah kind of a rite of passage well it is part of your development isn't it it's part of kind of I guess cutting your teeth on how to how to do relationships and how not to do relationships and I guess the tricky thing is, so when you're young, I don't know how much you really sit back and assess what have I learned from that. No. Um, so I don't. I think the reflection <laughs> yeah. piece we're kind of missing yeah. when we're in kind of uni days, because it's on to the next thing after that, isn't it? Um, but here's the thing, and you know, often. yeah, I don't want to feel like an old person, but here, here goes. <laughs> so you know, back in the day, um, tuition for my undergraduate mm. was five thousand dollars a year. $2,500 a term. And I made that money in my summers. Yeah. So I was paying off my own uni. Yeah. That four years was an absolute waste of my four years. I didn't mm. learn a single thing. I got a yeah. bachelor's in biochemistry. I can't tell you a single thing mm. in my organic chem classes. But what I did learn was um, time management or not how not to do time management. I learned yeah. that there's no end of sitting around eating jujubes in your sweatpants like you can do that for an entire term and sometimes you just got to get out of your sweatpants I learned I went through a bad breakup uh you know friend shuffles the whole jam Mm. I saw Lilith Fair um that was that back in the day but so my first degree was a lesson in life on how to live on your own on how to go through a breakup it was so unproductive in terms of actual academics Mm. It was, I learned, it was mistake after mistake. But the thing is, it didn't cost me anything because I paid off my uni. And then I did a master's and actually did learn something. That was like the mm. start of my learning. But I, but kids these days don't have that runway because yeah. not only is their uh, tuition is insane, so it's a huge yeah. investment. You're expected to somehow do something with it afterwards. Yeah. We're heading into a recession, inflation. So there's, there's uh, so much pressure off the jump to like do mm. something, be something. Yeah, I didn't have that. I could, I screwed the pooch for four years. Yeah. And I didn't suffer consequences. And I wish kids these days could do the same. Mm. Yeah. They shouldn't have to learn these lessons any faster than they come. Yeah. 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 I get it. I I guess from a parental point of view, though, you want to keep your, your children as safe as possible for as long as possible. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've just celebrated the fact that I've kept my daughter alive for 19 years, you know, like that's <laughs> yes, quite you achievement. Have. Yes, you <laughs> I just need to continue a little bit longer and then, you know, I'm all done. Um, but so I think there is this, you've got this responsibility and there is just a desire to try and help them to navigate some of these situations. And I guess it's about 
making sure that they can see their own self-worth and they're not because that would be my worry in this situation is actually like what do you think about yourself if you're willing to put up with this but I totally agree with you it's all part of the process the learning I was you know excited that my daughter was going away and gets the opportunity to be able to just explore life outside of kind of you know the confines of our four walls which means a lot of hungover mornings and like yeah. eating ramen because she couldn't get her shit together to go grocery shopping. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you have yeah. to let go of that. And I think that's yeah. the thing yeah. is we find it really difficult as parents to let go of that control because, you know, for a long time you are in control because you are, you've got to be from a kind of health and safety point of view. Um, and from a, you know, a teacher point of view, we're there to teach and mentor and support and we do kind of all of these things, which mean that we've kind of got to be in, in control a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And then slowly over time that changes where that balance shifts and when it's not always that easy to let go of that. Oh, gosh. And I guess that's what's happening in this situation. Yeah. You know, maybe there's a bit as well around um, playing. We can see our own childhood replaying. Yes. And you're like, oh, please don't do that. (laughs) And isn't that the Boz Lerman song, which is like, what is advice? Advice is just taking the things from your past, dusting off all the mistakes and trying to live it again with a take two. Uh, Really trying to sort of relive our own mistakes and actually live them out differently. And that's that's what forms our the intention behind our advice and everybody has to learn the hard way yeah nobody takes advice yeah but it is true like so the thing is is that as a parent like you can be part of the force of good in terms of you know influencing your child's self-esteem and confidence yeah and being part of the positive messages sometimes Mm. you can't take away the negative messages and the negative influencers but you can add to the bucket of of positives And that really is because like, you know, if this is like an on off relationship, then clearly this person is not all in uh, and they do deserve, you know, and of course, and or and there's communication styles and techniques Mm. that are to be learned. But this, you know, this this child does deserve to find somebody who is steady. Yeah. 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 But it's approaching it from a slightly different way, I think, isn't it? If we look at it from that perspective. It's about trying to think about how, what are the ways that I can help to build confidence? What are the ways that I can help to build self-belief? What are the ways that I can reinforce those more positive things as opposed to, you know, just doing battle? Yes, yes. Because yes. all doing battle does is, is um, damage the relationship. Yeah. And if you're not too careful, you'll damage it too far yeah. um, to the point that it's irreparable. And the most important thing I would say that I have learned as a parent is uh, maintaining the relationship is Mm. the most important thing. All the other stuff can be fixed around the edges. Mm. um, But if that relationship goes, then um, you've just got a big problem. Yeah. But it's so hard. (laughs) It is. And I suppose it's hard, too, because you also want to be like, I knew it. I told you I was right. That you have to give up that need to be right yeah yeah it's it's removing the judgment from the situation Mm -hmm. yeah yeah ah all right well tough week this week (laughs) tough week yeah yeah well 
but because there's a Dom Perignon shortage, right? So everybody's just <laughs> feeling the pain just a bit, right? <laughs> All the issues are coming out of the woodwork. Oh, God, right? <laughs> because otherwise, because we're not, what would we're not you hypnotized do? by the uh, Dom Perignon. That's the thing. That's why this person <laughs> is calling in. They're like, I'm afraid she's going to mess up her uni studies and I don't have enough champagne to like numb the pain. <laughs> yeah. Well, the LCBO, which is the local liquor board here, is offering up some tasty alter- sparkling wine alternatives oh, for well, the people in the Dom Perignon Lurch. So, Aren't we delighted? Isn't it? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, gracious. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Good times. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. Another week. Thank you for this week. Yeah. Enlightening as always. Oh. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.